Hello, and welcome to Doctor Whose Line Is It? Anyway, where everything's made up and neither script nor canon matters. Listeners, and welcome back to Doctor Who's line, is it? Anyway, it's me again, and it's them again. Same story as the previous few weeks. So, without any further ado, I'll go over to me to introduce them. And that lot. <laughs> Hello, listeners, and welcome to yet another edition of Doctor Who's line, is it? Anyway, uh, we're back on the review trail again. Well, we're still on the review trail. Uh, and this week, we're reviewing Praxius. So, let's have a quick round the table to see what we all thought of it. We'll start. We'll start with Randy today. Well, um, definitely. Uh, I thought it was a story. Little bit of a step down from some of the more recent ones, but um, I was just watching through it again a little while ago and enjoying it more the second time through. Okay, good. So. Sue, I, now you obviously haven't seen a lot of this because of uh, continued flashing issues, but right. you've, you've listened to it, I believe. I did. I I listened, you've listened to, to it and seen all bits of it. Of it. And, right, right. And I loved it. And, you know, listening to it gives you a totally different appreciation for things. So it is It is a really neat. It would make a beautiful um, big finish story but um <laughs> it was <laughs> it was it was really really good and the parts that I could watch I thought were very impressive I love the actors that we were introduced to even though some of them were very very brief I thought all of them were really good and there was so much emotion and I was crying at the end so yeah oh bless Robin what did you think it was definitely not as good as the one last week I was expecting more from this one, I think. If you looked at our messaging back and forth, I had offered to give Sue a synopsis of some of the scenes, and then I'm driving around today struggling. And what happened next? Who was that <laughs> guy? What was his name? A lot of it was just mm. utterly forgettable. Yeah. I'm sorry to say. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> and Darren. Um, We're all waiting with bated breath here. It was okay. Oh, okay. That's, it was okay. That's, that's it, it an was... unusual response from Darren, who usually goes, Oh my God, that was amazing. Oh, that was a pile of fucking turds. <laughs> it, well, it was sort of half and half, really. It was sort of, it was very disjointed, felt very out of place. But despite being a bit of a mess, it was okay. It was all right. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Obviously, it was unlikely to be as outstanding as last week's episode for yeah. you know because you can't keep hurling those that amount of surprises at people constantly and there wouldn't be that many surprises to fit into a season I don't think if every episode did that so naturally we've kind of come down to earth a little bit with this um, I thought visually it was superb again mm. the, the the overseas filming that they're doing is really adding uh, a whole new look mm -hmm. to the show that we've never had i mean doctor who has never looked like it's been to peru uh, and australia and all the places that we that we've been to yeah exactly you know it, it's it's proper globe trotting stuff you know alien planets have really looked like alien planets and the uh, the other continents around the globe here 
uh, although not all of them have been where they purported to be, have all looked stunning because of the of the different locations they filmed in. So that's great. And and I thought there was a, re- a real mystery going on for a while with all the the different threads and how are they going to tie up together. And then and then it all just seemed to just not really go anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, again, we've got um, a heavy environmental message. And whilst I'm all in favour of heavy environmental messages, um, you get too many of them in quick succession, and it begins to begins to get a bit preachy. And obviously, that will turn some people off. I have a sneaking suspicion that the AI for this one will not be um, as high as as last week's, which was the highest for some considerable time. Actually, I don't know if you spotted it. It was 83. Yeah, which was um, oh, a, wow. a, a step up from I think uh, Orphan Fifty Five was the lowest. I think that was seventy seven, was it? And I think Nikola Tesla was seventy nine, if I remember rightly. Something, something like that. Something yeah. like that. But seventy seven is the lowest that we've seen, I think, since the show came back. Yeah, well, Orphan Fifty Five was shite. And I think in the higher eighties is the highest that we've seen. So eighty three is very good, and it's nice to see. You know, getting getting back up to decent figures again and improved viewing figures and what have you. Whether this little whether this week will be seen as a blip or not, I don't know. But I don't think we're we're looking at the the kind of Caves of Androzani to Twin Dilemma level of dip in standards. Uh, like you like you've all said, it was it was enjoyable. There were some some lovely moments in it. Just yeah, for me, it's probably the week the week one of the season so far, but. You know that's that's the weak one in what has been up to now a very strong season, I think. Apart from Orphan Fifty Five, mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which Darren really wasn't keen. Wank. I was, yeah. I was just looking before we before we started here. Somebody had uh, put a thing on Twitter asking for, uh, you know, what was their what, what order would they rank the stories in so far this year, and it tends to be Fugitive of the, of the Jadoon or Spyfall at the top. And it tends to be Orphan Fifty Five at the bottom, mm-hmm. yeah, or possibly Praxius, or possibly um, Nikola Tesla. It seems to be so. Really? Uh, yeah, not not that many with with Tesla at the bottom, mm. but uh, uh, but a few with Praxius mm. and a few with um, and and more with Orphan Fifty Five than anything I would say. So that does look to be the the generally most uh, yeah. or least liked story so far. Because I mean, it was kind of like. With all the different threads, the doctor's over here, Tos- or, um, Ryan's over here, Graham's over here, da, 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 you know, that kind of thing. It was one of these, everybody's everywhere converging to one place. Yes. And yeah. that was, in the beginning, especially listening to it, you're like, what in the heck? Yeah, working out you where know, people are just on audio must be quite mm-hmm. tricky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, well, okay, they're over here. How do, wait a what? Wait a second. And mm. also, because you couldn't see the look on people's face, Ryan came off very, very cold. I'm here for the bird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do seem to be separating all the characters up a lot during this season. Yes, mm-hmm. which which is a yeah. good thing because that's the way of giving them more to do. Yeah, right. That was the right. same thing. I, that was a point that I was just going to make. I kind of like that was one of the elements of the story that I did like is that the that everybody had an assignment, and usually the assignments right. the mm-hmm. assignments that the companions get are minor, silly little things, but these mm-hmm. all had an element. This is what the doctor would have done if she were doing everything herself instead of sending her minions out to take care mm-hmm. of things. 
Yes. So it had much more of a teamwork feel to it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it did. It did. Maybe that's why when it converged, it it was pretty yeah. powerful when it all came together. It was like, wow, okay. Um, for, for, and yeah. Go ahead, Randy. No, I was just going to say, for some reason, it was making me think of Torchwood. Yeah, yeah. Like, with a little tweaking, it would yeah. have made a really good it, Torchwood it could, story. It could easily have been a Torchwood story, couldn't it, with the various different operatives mm-hmm. at different places around the globe and, yeah. then, and then coming yeah. together. Yeah, like that. What I have to say is... I think we need to raise a cheer because Yaz got something to do. Yes. I was just yeah. going to say that Yaz was pretty darn awesome. Yaz and actually on... said, oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to come with you. I want to go and do this. And went yeah. off and had her own her own little adventure and then ended up, obviously, on the um, on the alien craft. And that, oh, that lovely nice. line from the Doctor about, oh, well done for doing this and not getting killed. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like somebody put a mug on her without a coaster, and she finally woke up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it needed to happen. Yaz needed to, mm-hmm. it, it, to get something yeah. to do, and she has sort of. There has been more of a, an element of that. She had, you know, uh, the, the police training thing seems to have come out a bit more this season. We had the the thing in Nikola mm-hmm. Tesla, which obviously didn't come to anything. Yeah. And I, you know, it just at the time I was I was watching that happening when that scene uh, was taking place, and people weren't paying any attention to her. And then obviously Edison comes along and then they all pay attention to him or what have you. Didn't occur to me at all at the time because it's not the way my brain works. But obviously um, Yaz is is not a white person in a very white environment. And yeah. that potentially was why she wasn't being paid attention to. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, a woman. Yeah. And, and a woman hmm. at the same time. So Well, not exactly. necessarily so much the, 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 the female side of things because I think America is a little bit a little bit more enlightened than that but you know, as we saw have you seen the commander scoff the, two, scoff the two American women in the in the podcast <laughs> I'm just going to giggle here and the two American women both said and she was a woman both of both the American women said that mm-hmm. so you need to realize no <laughs> yeah, okay well that's that's we me. live this shit in 2020. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. I'm just, I, you know, I'm just thinking about obviously, um, you know, when we look back at Rosa and the way that, right, um, yeah, the way that that that, that black people, particularly coloured people, generally, um, you know, have been have been treated down the years, and that right. we're going back, you know, some considerable time with this story, so the likelihood is that somebody of colour would not have had an, an impact in that scenario yeah. whereas potentially a woman might some, some women sort of scream just a general woman sort of scream and go, ah, get off the streets, get off the streets, there's danger so people would probably have paid some attention to it whereas somebody of ethnic origin oh. they, they may just possibly say, oh, not no, I think it gave her two strikes against her, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. possibly so. Anyway, that's not the story that we're talking about. This is. But the... I was so thrilled yeah. about that. I was like, yes, yes, you take. And and listening to that, she even had power. I mean, there was a lot of power yeah. in her voice. We're doing this, and we're doing yeah. this. And uh, are you ready to go? Let's go, girls, Roman. And I mean, you can. There was a lot of power in her voice, and a lot of positivity in her voice. Like, oh hell, we can do this. We survive yeah. everything. We could do this, and wasn't frightened. I mean, she was on the alien spacecraft, and so well, we obviously are on an alien spacecraft. I mean, so she was. 
her leadership skills were so good. So, well done, Yaz. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> still hope she gets killed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's interesting that, you know, in light of some of the rumors that we've seen on social media that one of the companions may be leaving, the separating them out and giving them these different tasks to do and then changing up the pairings like some like you'll have Grant or Graham and Ryan go off and do something together and this time Ryan was alone and it was Yaz and Grant or Graham rather why do I keep calling him Grant I don't know what you going off and doing something and then they're splitting and they're all going off in their own direction I almost wonder if it's uh, some kind of they're almost testing the waters to see which pairings work out well yeah um, I mean it's interesting because looking at it from a a production real life standpoint um apparently uh Tosin Cole has been cast um as a a major player in a new drama series which would potentially make mm. his involvement in a in in, a, in another show at the same time difficult logistically to do because obviously you know filming takes up a, a lot of time it takes up months and months and months of the year with Doctor Who and unless the mm-hmm. other show is something that he could do and record in the off season then it will be difficult to do the two things together having said that I've also heard that filming for the, for the next series is not going to start until much later this year implying that it will be not a January start in 2021 but later on in the year, if not 2022... Yeah, I've seen that one floating about, and that's yeah. something they've got to sort Which, out. Which, if that... Yes, it definitely is, because there's really no reason for it in this day and age. Although, you know, when they're globetrotting as much as they have, they have and, and if it's a way of stretching the budget to make it, you know, look as good as it, as it does, then there is potentially some justification for that. But you know, if that is the case, then potentially then there's enough time for in to film what he needs to film and then come back to Doctor Who but you know the other side of that coin is, is if they're not that would make his availability distinctly suspect you'd also have to say Bradley Walsh is doing a good job in, in juggling Doctor Who in the chase but ultimately is he going to be able to do that long term so the two most likely suspects to not be in the next season would I, I say be the two the two guys Mandip Gill is probably the most likely to stay, just simply because I haven't heard anything about her doing anything else. So that means her availability is a lot higher than than the other two. Uh, that's assuming, of course, that that any of them stay, if that is the case. And it would be interesting to see things shaken up and have Jodie with somebody new, and maybe a single companion mm. in in the old style rather than the group of three, and just see how that works in comparison to this the crowded TARDIS setup that we've got at the moment. Uh, and a lot of people seem to like the three that we've got. Yeah. Even like though, uh, even though a lot of people say that <laughs> there are too many of them, so mm-hmm. it's a question of I like all three of them, but realistically, at least one of them has to go. It's um, it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult balancing act because you've you've created three likable mm-hmm. characters. Mm-hmm. And I like the idea of the fam. Oh. I like the idea of the family. This is a family unit, 
and we're behind you and we stay behind you. But if they bring in doctor number two with Jody, then it's going to be four. Two doctors, three companions. It's like, wow. I don't know. I've never actually thought of the idea that we could have two doctors for a season. I'm not quite sure how that would work, but there'd also be two TARDISes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh, that's true. That's true, yeah. Um, Unless they link to one. I suspect with the uh, the new Doctor that whilst it's somebody that we will almost certainly see again, I don't think there's any question of the fact that we'll see them again. But when is another thing entirely. Mm-hmm. What we have currently going on this season is we've got different plot threads having been started up. We've got the master thro- plot thread with Gallifrey. We've got the alternative stroke old Doctor plot thread coming up which may tie into that first one and we've also got the lone cyberman which judging by what i've seen in this week in this uh, latest issue of uh, doctor who magazine the cybermen are definitely finishing off the season so mm-hmm. is the is the other stuff that we've been seeing is this setting things up for next season is it is chibnall mm. playing the long game and putting all these things in now and concentrating then on the one thing that we've not really had that much mention of so far, but that's what's going to be the the, the focus for the end of this season. Or is it all tied in together? Hmm. It's interesting. I don't seek things out on social media, and I try to avoid spoilers and too much advanced information, which definitely paid dividends um, last week, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> beyond yeah. any shadow of a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the well, imagine- when I'm looking at it, it's mostly I'm scrolling through Facebook, and it I had it, it's just a headline that pops up, and I keep on going. I don't read the articles too much or go in. Yeah. In the only thing that I've I've looked at in the recent past, obviously apart from things that have already happened, is uh, trending today for quite some considerable time of the day was Cybermen. And I thought, ooh, what's that? And it's it's this new trailer mm. that's dropped. I don't know if we've seen the new trailer. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very cool. No, I I think it's because the new Cybermen look the absolute business. Yes, it's, it's a much it's it's kind of a cross between the Invasion Cybermen and the Cyber Cybermen, from what I can see. Yeah. Um, and that looks that looks really quite smart from the fleeting glimpse that I that I saw. But it was interesting that for a trailer, it focused a lot on what we've already seen. You know, and that's the surprises. Mm-hmm. That's that's the master. That's Jack. That's the new Doctor, uh, and actually focusing on that and saying, "Oh, you know, watch out because there's, you know, you've still got all this to come." Mm-hmm. And the only thing really that they focused yeah. on what's to come was was the Cybermen. But you know, we're it's exciting times we're living in. It has to be said. Although <laughs> with this particular episode, we seem to have strayed from the path a little bit, which possibly <laughs> implies that this episode wasn't quite up to the standard of the, the excitement that we've seen elsewhere. This was my big problem with this episode. Uh, it, it felt really, really out of place. Uh, it almost felt like it belonged in the last season. Yeah. And then the people closest to that person, uh, for most of the rest of the episode, being quite jolly and upbeat. Ooh, look, I'm having a jolly adventure. Gabriella, not mentioning any names. Clearly, the guy who sent to keep his eye on them was quite happy just wandering in their general direction and, <laughs> yeah. and paying, paying them no sort of heed that there would be any danger whatsoever. But yeah, outside of that, then there wasn't really... And there was absolutely no reference to the last episode. I mean, one would think that... yeah. Having stumbled upon an alternate version of yourself, 
you might at least make some passing reference. Mm-hmm. It felt to me like meeting your twin cousin in the street and saying, mm-hmm. "Oh hi, and nice to meet you." Well, fuck it, I'm off to the pub. Yeah, well, we also yeah. we also had that that time honoured uh, Doctor Who trope of somebody dying, and then the people closest to that person uh, for most of the rest of the episode being quite jolly and upbeat. Oh look, I'm having oh, a jolly adventure. Yeah. You know, Gabrielle, I'm not mentioning any names. Yeah. That kind of surprised me because they had the vlog together, they were traveling together. You need to see this, blah 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 blah. Her friend dies. She's like, "Where are you? Where are you? Oh my God, there she is!" Bad Moran. Okay. Let's go seek some adventure. And it's like, dude, you really didn't care much about your friend. I would have been mm. sort of taken back a little bit, some tears, something. And she just, oh, all mm. right, let's go. I and mean, the, the other side of that coin, of, of course, is that, you know, we are in the middle of, of a story which is focusing on the main part of the adventure. And you can't spend too much time with you know, all this sort of character-based stuff all the time, which is the reason why we never had it in the past. You know, obviously we've got the classic example being Adric and Earthshock. You know, the mm-hmm. beginning of yeah. Time Flight, you had this, the upset with the TARDIS crew, and mm-hmm. then the adventure moves on, and they're straight back into traditional adventure mode and without a thought for Adric. And I mm-hmm. suppose to a degree, you know, if you're faced with a crisis, then your your brain has to focus on that. But ultimately, in real life, you would then keep coming back to the emotional hit that you've just taken. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that would that would keep yeah. cropping up. Whereas to be to do that in in a in the, certainly the way Doctor Who was would have been to take the focus away from the actual story that that we're in. So mm-hmm. I, you can kind of understand why they they do it, but in this day and age, obviously we are dealing with a far more character-driven side mm-hmm. of storytelling to the extent where we've had a number of stories which the story has been very much the poor relative and the the character stuff has very much taken centre stage and driven the entire episode, mm-hmm. which I think is, is OK in small doses, but ultimately it's it's the stories that people will come to see because if it's just character stuff you can do mm-hmm. that anywhere at any time you know without having any threat or anything going on you you have to have the adventure side of things you know it's always been the stories the reason that doctor who survived so long was because of the the imagination and the storytelling which was often greater than the technical abilities of the show to actually produce oh, without the they did, a, they yeah. did a, a damn good job with it but it's, it's the reason why the, the target books have been so very well loved over the years because they can tell the stories that you in a way that they couldn't be shown on the screen mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and it they also with a little bit of description your imagination goes off and does the rest it's one of the reasons why Big Finish has been so successful because they don't have to have the budget necessary to do the scale of stories that the yeah. show is is able to do. Whereas on television, okay, you can do a lot more these days with CGI um, and clever camera trickery. Um, but ultimately, the budget is limited, and there's only so much you can do. You can't have, you know, an army of a hundred thousand Daleks all the way through the episode. 
because the budget won't stretch to the CGI <laughs> for $100,000. You can mm -hmm. have a shot with 100,000 Daleks in it, but that will eat up the budget for your episode and then you have to lose something somewhere else. On audio or in book form, you don't have that problem. Mm -hmm. I forget why we were mentioning this in the first place now. <laughs> <laughs> well, at some at some at some time point, we were talking about Praxius. It had to do with the lack of grief from the yeah. the the survivor when yes. the yes. one girl got when dissolved by the virus. Yeah, when Jamela died. Yeah, yeah. It almost looked to me like Jamela died, and then Gabriella latched onto Yaz as her new friend, and said, "Oh, here's somebody else I can go off an yeah. adventure with." Yeah, well, yes, 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 yes. Having first of all. Um, you know, been been with the doctor, mm -hmm. and then when Yaz said, "All oh, right, you know, I want to go off and have my own adventure," mm -hmm. Gabriella's like, "Well, I'm coming as well." Yeah. So yeah, and then from that point on, yeah, there was very, very definitely that kind of rapport between the two of them. Uh, I mean, maybe the whole reason Gabriella decided that she wanted to do that was, you know, because of what had happened to her friend because that mm -hmm. was her way of dealing with it emotionally of not having that quiet time and and you know just just being the one sitting in the tardis not doing anything because then everything comes back and becomes more real keeping yourself busy keeping yourself the adrenaline pumping and what have you keeps keeps mm -hmm. things at bay for a while but there was nothing that actually explained that in the story that's no. just summation yeah there was talk apparently before the story started of um, of sea devils. <laughs> I don't know if anybody heard this. Yeah, this is something that I wasn't aware of until after the episode had aired. Um, although there was a, a picture of one of the uh, one of the aliens in the sort of like the, the protective environmental suit, mm -hmm. um, which from the angle that it was, somebody had said, "Oh, this looks a bit like a sea devil." Maybe that was because they'd heard the thing about sea devils whether it's just because a lot of the story takes place around the ocean and the ocean mm -hmm. obviously and the uh, the plastic in the ocean is is a driving point of the story so maybe that's that's where that had sort of got mm -hmm. slightly twisted into that it would have been quite cool if a sea devil had popped out and yeah. <laughs> holding a, a clutch of six pepsi bottles and oh get your <laughs> fucking shit out of our ocean you wankers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you know the you know the little plastic things that hold the hold the the six pack in place. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. One, of those, one of those on one of their guns would have been quite yeah. funny, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> they've got the they've got the little round guns. So, mm -hmm. Yes, but the way this season's going, and uh, and with the amount of surprises that we're we're having, it, it it almost wouldn't surprise you if something like that happened at some point. Mm -hmm. So we we started the season thinking right okay well what are we going to get and then the master pops up and then we've had Jack pop up and then we've had a new Doctor pop up and it, it, we you know and we know that there's something something exciting coming involving the Cybermen and so we're now in a situation where it's pretty much open season. I don't necessarily think we're going to have anything too out there um, happening as a surprise because. We're in danger of overkill if we get some if we get too much more. But I think potentially, you know, another thing could happen that we're not expecting that they could throw at us just to make us go, "Whoa, that yeah. this really?" But it wasn't this story. <laughs> Although we we did get a brief mention of autons, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. That was nice. 
although I'm quite, <laughs> quite surprised that, that the Doctor actually just called them Autons and not thinking because of it it being the actual sort of plastic issue that it was just the Nestines rather than the Autons mm-hmm. but yeah. always nice when, when uh, an old element from the show gets, gets a mention so what did we think about the obviously the crux of the story then this the little tiny microplastics in the water and and this virus fixing onto it it was it was interesting it was different yeah mm-hmm. i think it was a i think it was a good premise for a story it just to me the there was just a lot there was so much going on that some of it lost it lost focus a little bit yeah and as far as the environmental message of the plastic in the ocean goes they're not wrong about that and the probability of you know, when when the doctor's going off about humans, you're full of it. You oh, you're full of microplastic, and it's like you know she's got a point there. We probably are, and we're not mm. aware of it. Full of something, that's for damn sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, then too, I mean, we look at human beings seem to be the only species that shit in our own bed. I mean, if you look at most animals, they don't crap where they eat, but we we do that to mm-hmm. our, we're doing that to our own environment to our own planet mm. and I keep having this recurring argument with people who, who are very pro economic growth and pro development and pro extraction industry and I just ask them you know, well, what good is money if the water is too poisonous to drink and the air too toxic to breathe mm-hmm. and I have yet to get anybody give me an answer well that's because there, obviously there is no answer and the only reason that that people sort of poo-poo that away is because we are not yet at that tipping point and this is yeah. where this is why you know when we had the environmental message uh, you know basically happening in Orphan 55 and it was sort of hammered home mm-hmm. whilst a lot of people have gone yeah. oh yes we're going to say yes we know we know we know but you know I th- we probably need it hammering home we probably mm-hmm. need yeah. to keep people mentioning this and saying, look, you know, this is, yes, it's science fiction, but it's not suggesting that if we keep going on the way that we're going that the entire human race is going to turn into dregs. But there are going to be penalties to pay. Mm-hmm. There are going to be issues that will be caused because of what's already happened. Yeah, And it is going to make life difficult and... I don't know if it's going to be possible to, you know, to reset the balance unless even if we act now, we may only be able to stem the tide and slow things down, but we may have already passed the point of no return and we're on the slippery slope to oblivion. To put it in perspective, before we started this call, um, I had been looking at an article uh, that a friend of mine posted to Facebook. If the readings are confirmed, Antarctica posted a record warm temperature of almost 65 degrees. It's like 64 yeah. point yeah. something. 18 that. degrees mm-hmm. Celsius. That's hotter yeah. than it is in England. Yes. So stop and think about that. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a, it's a little bit alarming. And uh, So I'm the gloomsayer today, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's it's a it's a difficult one because like I said we, we probably do need things sort of hammered home, but the other side of the coin is that you know it's like the whole thing with with young children you tell them to do something in such a way they will turn around and want to do the exact opposite i think as a species we we are very much like that if you you know if you bang on about something too much then we'll we'll just out 
I'm not bloody doing that kind of thing. Oh, for the smartest species on Earth, we really are a dumb bunch of fuckers. Yes. Yes, we mm. are. Get no argument from me on that one. Yes. So, uh, any... go, go on, Darren. I was just going to say, anyone who can look at what's happening in Australia and not think there's something screwy going on with the climate mm-hmm. needs their head read. For those of us in the UK, you don't need to look any further than the last few years when we've had far more extreme winters than we've had for many, many, many years. Yeah, well, last year we had... Yeah, a... I mean, you guys are getting the kind of weather that we usually get in Utah. And, it, you know, one day it was 12 degrees here, Fahrenheit, where I live. Today, it was 54. Yeah. Yeah, well, last year we had a uh, a high of 20 Celsius in February. Yeah. Hmm. That's never yeah. happened, ever. We're getting extremes, and, you know, I know that we don't get, in the UK, we don't get the weather that other places in the world get, and we're, we're very, very fortunate we've got this sort of microclimate that we live in where we don't get the extremes. It's never too cold you know we, we we've seen in canada and uh, the colder areas of america and siberia and what have you temperatures that dip down to the minus 30s minus 40s we never get that yeah if we get minus 10 then we think that it's the end of the world you all um, go into hibernation we, mode yeah similarly we never get these massive extremes of temperature we never get 50 degrees like they get in the sahara and places like that no we, we if again if we get plus 30 we think woohoo Yay! This is tremendous, you know, sunbathing time. But it, it's speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a nation generally, not individuals, obviously, because I, I think that the the way that our climate is, that if it gets really anything above sort of twenty eight degrees, uh, the humidity is it's not a dry heat; it's a it's a humid heat. And and I appreciate that there are places in the world, you know, Malaysia and uh, Indonesia and places like that that. The, the humidity is off the scale, and uh, and it's ridiculous. But mm. but because because of our our little microclimate being what it is, we we get these type of what we class as extremes, which aren't extremes compared to everybody else, and you know and we struggle as a result of it. I function between nineteen and twenty-one degrees Celsius. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Oh, I'm just paralysed. You've got a you've got a wide window then compared to some people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, the whole the whole environmental side of things, you know, is is definitely a concern. And Doctor Who has long been preaching the the environmental issue, going back to things like the Green Death and and even the Silurians. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, an inferno, and, and, mm-hmm. and inferno, uh, and and uh, and time and again, you know, you've had these messages sort of brought up, and it's only really when you know they're called the sort of the sledgehammer tactics come that that people start complaining about it because they don't like being being preached to. I think that was the big problem with Orphan Fifty Five that it was. I think part of it having the Doctor literally scream down the camera at you that. Yeah. you're fucking up the planet is not a good way to go whereas this was much more dialed back i think the three issues that people had were um were benny green hair and benny! Uh, <laughs> we haven't had a benny for a while have we? and um and the the you, you know the overly preachy environmental side of things i think the, those three combined and and it did turn some people off because i think fundamentally outside of that it was it was a cracking little tale and, and i you know, I I enjoyed it greatly, but again, we're not talking <laughs> one, about that. One keep, begs to differ. <laughs> we keep moving on, don't we? Keep moving back to other stories. Oh, hello, Susan Reverse. 
what is what is the next time at the beginning of the call? It, a lot of it was utterly forgettable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I did like I did like the fact that they didn't make a thing of the gay couple. It was just a husband yeah. and husband. Yes. And yes. It wasn't shoved in your face. I, I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory way. Um, <laughs> but they, they do. There is a tendency to use gay people uh, to push the message that it's okay to be gay, which of course it is. But it's much better to do it in a way that says, look, it's okay to be gay. There's nothing different about these two people than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's a much nicer way of doing it. Yes, to highlight it by not highlighting it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly the point that, the, like I was saying previously well, about about Yaz and, Nik- and Nikola Tesla, well, about the fact that I didn't even take into consideration, you know, the colour of her skin, because mm-hmm. I just don't think about things like that. I don't think, oh, well, of course, that would be the case, wouldn't it? Because it just it it doesn't it's not the first thing that that comes to mind. No, exactly. So we, it's good that we're in that mindset, getting more into that mindset now. You and know, just having the, the, the having the having the, the the gay couple just they portrayed as ordinary people, and their relationship wasn't the forefront of their story. They were just ordinary people. It normalized how gay people are in society. Yeah. From mm. to you know, in in that. They're just like everybody else. Yeah, marriage yeah. difficulties that they resolved. And... They they have the same hang-ups and crap we deal with every day. They're just they're just people, yeah. and I yes. I appreciated it. I thought it was was well done. Mm-hmm. Part. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was, was very it was very well handled. Yeah, you know, it, like you say, it wasn't focused upon. It was just put in there, and that was it. This is the situation. Boom. Just just yeah. That's it. And and that's exactly the way that it should be. Uh, it shouldn't be drawn attention to. It should just be there as a thing. So it wouldn't have made any difference if there were a male gay couple, a female gay couple, a, uh, a heterosexual couple, what have you. It's just, it's there, that's it. It's, that's that's what the storyline. I was trying to think back in terms of actual partnerships of secondary characters. Have we actually had that since Gridlock? We had the two people in uh, A Good Man Goes to War. We had the the um, the, the soldiers, didn't we? The um, oh yes, uh, that was that was horrendously explained as well. The gay yeah. monk Christian. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, whatever it was, but yeah, that yes. was appallingly done. And Susan, the transgender horse. I mean, I'm not even going to go there. Cause that, was just, <laughs> that was so appalling. Yeah. Yeah, I think obviously there was always talk when the the, the first series came back about Russell T. Davis's gay agenda. Well, he's going to have a gay agenda. He's a gay man yeah. trying to make life tolerable for him other gay people, and yeah. other gay people in this country. So naturally, he wants to normalise it. But again, it's the whole thing of of how you do it. Yeah, and, I mean, Moffat yeah. really didn't get it. I mean, that the the, the line that, uh, but it still sticks with me that. Uh, Susan the transgender horse it's a lifestyle choice no it fucking isn't that's the whole bloody point <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh, whereas this just sort of okay there's a gay couple let's get on with it yeah yeah exactly you know and it wasn't even put in there because obviously it wasn't explained the relationship between the two of them no and, until some considerable time into the episode and when it was the fact that nobody nobody batted an eyelid was exactly the way mm-hmm. that it that it should be 
not, yeah, not I, I you know, the look of, of the, oh, the look of surprise and, oh, I, oh, oh, I see, yeah, because that just draws attention to it. Just to completely take it as standard is is the way to move forward, is the way to behave as a society, because we shouldn't be surprised by these things now. And Graham, uh, I thought, when he was having... I can't remember the characters' names, but when Graham was having a chat with the husband of the astronaut and sort of talking about yeah. marriage in general and, and, and that sort of stuff, it, it could have been a conversation between a straight couple, it could have been a strong conversation with a gay couple as it, as it happened mm-hmm. it was com- yeah. one with a gay couple but I think I think it just Jake, didn't matter Jake was the ex-policeman and Adam was the astronaut yeah I've got it right yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah I mean it was nice and it was I did I did I know this is completely sidetracking for everything but I, I, I saw Jake who was uh, hang on let me get this right Warren Brown I think the actor's name was I, th- I thought he was a uh, quite a dead ringer for Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and I kept, every time I saw him, I kept thinking Robert Downey Jr. So completely irrelevant, <laughs> just, just as an aside. <laughs> but yeah, I thought they were they were two... And obviously we saw a lot more of, of Jake than, than we saw of Adam, because most of the time Adam was you know struggling to stay alive, basically. But yeah, I thought, I thought that, was, that was quite... That was a nicely handled little relationship between those two. I think more believable than the relationship between Gabriella and Jamela. Jamela, yeah, that's right. Oh, infinitely more so. Yeah, because I never really was sure what their relationship was. Are they friends? Or are they lovers? Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't explained at all. The only thing that we do know about them is that they've got a, a, a great idea of how to go camping. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they ran a travel blog together that apparently nobody knew about, and she was pretty frustrated by that. Yes, expecting yeah. everybody everybody to know. Yeah, but, uh, and and then of course we the uh, the third string where is it Joyce? Like you said, it's it's difficult to to focus on the uh, on the names from people. The the Malaysian girl's name was Suki. That's mm-hmm. right. Yes. Yeah, and that's the only reason that I remember her is yes. because of our own Suki when he joins us. Yes. <laughs> She turned out to be a wrong one. <laughs> yes. That was a nice little twist. Didn't actually see that one coming. I like that. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we had the thing that we do get far more frequently these days where the aliens aren't bad per se. They're just trying to survive. And yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't their intention to, you know, to bring the virus and sort of let it loose on the planet. It was just, you know, the fact that we had this high right element of, of... Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, you know, a lot of plastic... In a, in a small area to use that to experiment on and to mm-hmm. and to find a cure. That brings an interesting question. Is that uh, the aliens are not invasions to take over and enslave humanity. They're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a subtle social context to that development of the story, those elements of the stories that we've been seeing this year? In that we have, in both of our respective countries, we have this anti-immigration mentality in our governments and our leadership. And you think maybe there's an un- unwritten social context to that, a social message to that, that, hey, they're just like us and just want to survive and have a better life for their, for their families. Or am I reading a hell of a lot more into this than what exists? I hadn't thought of it, but I, I, I do like that idea, yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, it kind of ties in really doesn't it to what we were we were saying just now about um, Adam and Jake about the fact that by treating it as normal it will help to normalize it 
So mm -hmm. by not ramming home an immigration issue by saying, look, there are these people amongst us who aren't the same as us, it doesn't matter. They're people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And by just treating them as people, then it normalises the, the situation in people's minds or attempts to normalise it in people's minds. It's almost like sort of sleep hypnotherapy, isn't it, where you, you, you play messages whilst you're asleep. No. Yeah. yeah, and you wake up and you you know you've learned how to speak French or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's because your 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 brain is is taking in the information when you're not actually focusing on it. So by continuing to present the, the information in a very subdued way, almost subversive in a way, then there's potentially more chance of it actually taking hold. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's the reason for it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I do know that, like we've said you know the story was intriguing for a large part of it and then when it became apparent that it was it was the the virus it all just seemed to sort of go a bit flat really i don't know if that was just just like, me it's almost like they did the reveal of the virus too soon and then they're trying to figure out now how do we drag this out for the rest of the 45 minute time period? Yeah. yeah yeah the the other big problem i had with the story was that it was really really heavy on exposition yes we do get that a lot don't we it had to explain every sodding line it was, we do yeah. get an awful lot of exposition these days uh, you know telling rather than showing Yeah. and I do understand that to a degree there are times when you have to do that and to a degree there are times when from a budgetary reason you have to do that but there are also times when you find that it's happening you'll be told something at the same time as you're being shown something and it's like well you don't need both yeah yeah you know you can you can mention what's happening without seeing it the more sensible thing is to see it and then not mention what's happening and don't assume that your audience won't actually be able to work out what's going on because traditionally the audience for shows like doctor who are the ones that have got the intelligence to be able to suss out what's going on you know, they're they're the ones who have the imagination, the escapism, the the science, the history, the uh, the ecology interests that make them want to watch the show. So they've already got that level of brain power to be able to work out what's happening without being told what's happening. Mm -hmm. You've been listening to Doctor Who slides anyway. What you got? That sort of shut down the whole conversation, didn't it? We're all just trying to remember what the fuck happened next in the episode. <laughs> yeah, there was there was uh, a trailer. <laughs> at some trailer. point, at yeah. some point, the doctor rode to the rescue and rescued Jake from the exploding alien ship. Yes, ah, yes, last, which, in the last second, which was a slap in the face. <laughs> it was a slap in the face, Radrick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like, I loved that. Shall we rescue him? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this guy seems nice. Yeah, we'll pop back and get him. Yeah. <laughs> I also found it interesting that the only birds that seemed to be affected were the, like the crow things. Mm -hmm. You didn't see mm. any storks or... Um, or seagulls or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, you're on the freaking beach. Mm -hmm. Where the hell are the seagulls? More to the point, where where are all the crows coming from? If they're all on yeah. a beach, yeah, <laughs> you know that that area of the world doesn't seem to me to be particularly prevalent. I would have liked that seen guy seen on the beach. That guy to be pecked to death by pelicans. 
That would have been way more awesome. <laughs> could you could you just picture him running down the beach being pursued by a bunch of waddling pelicans? Yeah. <laughs> that, would that would just And funny. to me that would just go <laughs> <laughs> Penguins. Well, if they were all if pelicans, that would just conjure up to me seeds of Finding Nemo. The pelicans flying mm. around. <laughs> yeah, with it, with them each of them going, mine, 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 yelling, mine, 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 mine. Yeah. Um, no, that would have been intriguing if if a bunch of pelican, uh, penguins, uh, penguins had just have uh, just ramped up on the beach and just you know started pursuing him and pecking him to death. <laughs> no, nobody seemed to bother going and checking on him, did they? <laughs> no, they did. No. And like I said, he he's watching these 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 birds acting extremely unusually, and being told to keep an eye on them because oh you know, uh, we already know that people have been attacked by these birds, and he just strolls onto <laughs> onto the beach and oh there's a load of birds, way away, getting further and further away from the shelter, mm-hmm. on sand which is notoriously difficult to run on. Yeah. So there we go. So we had Praxius then. So. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we can say that that was an episode. It happened. Yeah, um, it did. Are we going to score it? Let's score it. We scored all the other ones. Yeah, go on. So we'll go around in the same order that we went before. Randy, what did you score it? <laughs> oh, you would ask me first, wouldn't you? Well, you you know you get off lightly a lot of these times. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd say maybe a seven. I'm giving it some credit because it reminded me of Torchwood, and I like Torchwood. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, you know like like we've said, it wasn't a bad episode no. per se. It just, and maybe it suffered a little bit because it followed on from Fugitive of the Judoon, which was, you know, shocking and stunning mm-hmm. and and had and and interesting in so many different ways. And then this just feels like. An episode of Doctor Who that followed yeah. it. Yeah, I, I wonder was... if they changed the uh, airing order from what was maybe originally planned. I don't know. I get a feeling. I get a feeling. Fugitive was placed very specifically where it was at mm-hmm. episode five, being smack bang in the middle of the season. So it's a, a proper tentpole episode. Mm-hmm. I just hope we have a few more tentpoles before we get to the end. At least one. Mm-hmm. But we shall. But we shall see. Anyway, um, Sue. What are you scoring this one from what you've heard and the little you've seen? Is Sue awake? Sue? Was that, I thought, was that I thought Daft Sod gone to sleep again? I thought she'd been quiet. No, we'd have heard her snoring. <laughs> oh, that's true, that's yeah. That's I said. I don't hear snoring. Oi! She, she Wake was, up, she was, boobies! She was, she was beeping just now, a, a, a while ago. Hmm. Okay, Sue. a little Weird. bit unusual. There's, there's. Uh, Sue's been uh, kidnapped by aliens. She seems, she seems to be in the chat. Randy, can you stick your head out the window and see her, or not, from where you are? Uh, yeah, I can take my devices with me. This is the most unusual thing to happen during the scoring of an episode. Yes, it <laughs> yeah. is. Bear with us, listeners. <laughs> yeah, this could get really interesting. Stuff out or it scares the crap out of her. Vehicle is still in the driveway. That she's is she in it? I can't tell. It's too dark. Okay, I would you, certainly think so. Can you can you throw something harmless at her? <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I am specifying harmless. I've got images of Randy chucking cats at her. <laughs> Randy can't chuck cats at her. He's allergic to them. Uh, Good point, yeah. Which means they're not harmless, so... I'll have to go. <laughs> right. Anyway, whilst Randy checks on Sue, we're waiting... And we're waiting for the can Sound opener effects. to stop. Listen <laughs> to the garage door opener, yeah. We've got a can opener? Is a garage door opener? Dog barking, or is that the else? I think that was yeah. just, just it, Randy it, doing a dog impression. <laughs> it does appear that Sue has fallen asleep. Okay. <laughs> so, hmm. so oh, not... Put the lazy sod up! So not only was the episode not enthralling, <laughs> even the review of the episode wasn't enthralling. <laughs> okay, move on. Yes, okay. Well, we'll 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 possibly come back to Sue later as of when she wakes up. Uh, we'll move on to Robin for a score then. Who is having choking on laughter here? I give on. it a six. Sue's little circle is flashing, and that's not a euphemism. Oh my! It means her microphone's picking something up. Sue? Fall asleep. Huh? <laughs> okay. Wake up, you lazy sod! <laughs> Shut the door, please. Huh? Shut the door, Brian, please. Okay. Is she just asleep, or is, is she? 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 Also, she's all right, isn't she? She's okay. Yep, she's all right. <laughs> <laughs> she's honking now. Really groggy. Not the first time she's honked this episode. Hello. 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 Welcome to Doctor Who's Line Is It Anyway. This week we're reviewing Praxius. Yay! <laughs> Are you quite well, my dear, or have you had a, a sort of brain fart or a... Uh, no, I passed Is out. A... Passed out. Uh, you mean our company was so scintillating you fell asleep? Yeah. And I'm not well, for the first of... time, it has to be said. <laughs> yes, yes, it was so, you know. <laughs> at least I didn't do this, though, you guys. Well, at least that would have been entertaining. <laughs> I mean, there was the talking in the sleep, I mean, but we won't tell anyone oh, about dear, that really? until the show goes out. Yes. Oh, dear. And what you'd like to do with a zucchini is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> no, what we'd be interested in, Sue, is 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 your score for this episode. Um, probably an eight. Okay. Okay. That's all right, Robin. Go back to sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say a six just for some of the stuff that I mentioned earlier, uh, it just felt just a little, I don't know, unfinished or something. Yeah. Darren? Yeah, I'm going with six as well for the exposition. Yeah. The fact that it just felt so disjointed from last week's. But yeah, it's not a bad episode, but uh, could have been better. So yeah, six, six. six is still above average, so... Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah. I'll go with a 6.5... I think because there were some some lovely little touches in it it looked again it looked glorious although it has to be said the the, uh, the animatronic bird wouldn't have felt out of place 
next to the animatronic cat from Survival. <laughs> I want to see the I want to see the two in a fight. <laughs> I don't think that's a fight where there's a winner. Mm. <laughs> well, I think they spent all their money on the Jadoon last week, so you know. I don't think that's what they spent the money on on that episode to be honest no. with you. <laughs> And I think clearly the budget on this on this story went on the on the overseas locations, mm-hmm. 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 and it, it has to be said again, quite a substantial cast. It's something mm-hmm. I think yes. we, we've. If you if you notice in the um, in the Moffat episodes, there were an awful lot of Moffat episodes where there was a very very small cast. You know, you've got the Big Bang, for example, where you've just basically got the Doctor, Amy, Rory, and River. And that's pretty much all of it. You've got the the girl who waited, mm-hmm. which is fundamentally the Doctor, <coughs> Rory and Amy. So a lot of episodes with, with very small cast, which is great for us when we come to improv them, because it means on a week when we haven't got very many people, we've got stories we can do. <laughs> but, yeah, the Chibnall stories, there do seem to be a lot of people in it. Not necessarily a, a, a lot of... A lot of people in the cast per se, but a lot of characters with a lot to do, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, like for example, in the in the um, the Moffat episode, you might have a cast list which has got fourteen people on it, but you've really only got three or four people that are actually doing anything. Mm. In this one, you've got. Hang on, let me tell you. Apart from the main four, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight other people. Mm-hmm. Two or three of which who were knocked off quite early on, but you've got Jake, Adam, Gabriella, Suki. You know, Jamila had a reasonable part in it. The other guy was that Zach. The other guy, uh, Zach, was the guy it. from the submarine. That was the guy from yeah. the submarine. That's right. And the one who that was the other, early on. Who yeah. is the other guy on the beach? It was an odd name. I don't remember it. Aramu. That's it. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, he had a reasonable amount to do. He wasn't, he wasn't that prevalent in the episode, but he, he wasn't invisible. Uh, he was there quite clearly doing things. Yeah, so I think that's being digested mostly. Yes, well, standing on the beach looking at birds a lot, but um, yeah. So again, you know, a lot of a lot of people in the cast, which in turn means that the dialogue has to be split amongst these people somehow, and. If it's split evenly, then it means that everybody has something to do, but nobody has a massive amount to do. You know, mm-hmm. last last episode, for example, we didn't have a lot for the companions to do. They were basically they were off in their own little adventure with um, with Jack, and most of the stuff focused on Ruth and the Doctor, which is kind of, kind of as it should be. It was a very mm-hmm. Doctor driven episode, um, whereas this episode it seemed that there were that it was spread around a lot more okay adam didn't have a massive amount to do because he was like i said he was trying not to die um but all the others of the main cast seemed to have a reasonable amount to do so mm-hmm. so maybe that again is another reason why it hasn't quite sort of you know dropped with people because it just felt that there was no one person driving the episode as such trying to come up with reasons why it hasn't it hasn't grabbed the way that some of the other episodes have hmm. who can say yeah it's, 
like I said, it almost felt like they were grooming companions, like Gabrielle. Yeah. Gabriella, I thought, you know what? That is... Yeah. Yeah. I seriously expected her to get in the TARDIS and go with her. Exactly. Because I was thinking, boy, oh boy, you know, the Gabriella and Yaz really work well together, and that character is amazing. And they spent, as far as as characterization and everything, they spent a lot of time with her characterization and getting you to feel for her, and, and the others as well but really getting to feel for her. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're grooming companions. Is Would Adam be one? Would, would... Well, we've seen this before, haven't we? We, we, we saw this with, with Shona in uh, Last Christmas, who looked very much like this was a potential companion in the wings. And that yes. obviously never came to anything. Mm-hmm. We've seen it many, many times over, over, the, over the years, where there's been somebody who you thought, oh, they'd make a good companion, Todd. In um, in Kinder, it's another mm. one that springs to mind. You know, Neris Hughes's character that was right. right. Oh yeah, that, yeah. That, that showed how a, an older an older woman, you know, would have worked quite well with the Doctor. Yeah, uh, and possibly was something that that set the you know set the the um, the minds thinking when it came to to Evelyn Smythe being the sixth Doctor's big finish companion. I was companion. just going to mention her. She's, uh, when it comes to the older companions, there's no one who can beat her. Yeah, exactly. We've gone to the extent of having Wilf as a companion because the yeah. character was so good. Donna herself, you know, is not a young woman. Catherine mm-hmm. Tate's not, not a, a 20-year-old girl, which is obviously what mostly what uh, what we get as, as a companion. So it's, you know, it's nice to see. And, and Graham now, of course. Yeah, I mean, Bradley mm-hmm. Walsh is what? Well, yeah, yeah. He, he's a bird. Love that. 50s, 60s. Yeah, yeah. And I love and the it's older nice, companion. And it's nice to see that. You know, obviously, the if you have an older companion, they have to be able to do something. They have to be, uh, they have to have something about them. They have to be, have a certain amount of physicality to be able to cope with the the adventures. Hold on, guys. Y'all just popped onto. Here we go. We popped onto something. I don't know what we popped onto. Hmm. We're holding. Popped onto a train. Okay, you're back. Are we? You're back. Oh, that's a relief. <laughs> the intermissions are getting more and more bizarre. <laughs> I know. Well, it's it's like you know the the car shut off, and so when I turned the car back on, because I was thinking, gosh, it's starting to get a little cold. I wonder what's going on. Oh, it's not on. I turned the car back on, and all of a sudden, you jumped into the. The car itself was talking, and I thought, oh, great. No, 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 no. So basically what you're saying is even the car's fallen asleep. <laughs> yes, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> Damn, y'all are boring as hell. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> even the car went to sleep. I went to sleep. The car Speak went for sleep. them. I was, inter- I was really interesting, and I brought up good points in this one. I actually <laughs> talked a lot this time. See, I, yes. Well, you know what it is, Robin? I was hearing it at a higher level. I was doing oh, okay. it at a higher level, you know. I was you so talked high. a lot, Robin, because Sue was asleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> word in you talked a lot because you actually could get a word in edgeways for a change. Not fair, but true. <laughs> you know I love your boobies. I know, I know. Oh, sexy! I love you. You need more of a pause there, Darren, to to emphasise the comma. 
<laughs> yeah. As opposed to, I just, I, you know I love your boobies. What about the rest of her? <laughs> just the boobies. I haven't seen the rest of it, but I haven't seen the boobies either. <laughs> I, was say, I think you're telling us more than you more than you need to. Yeah? <laughs> Certainly telling Randy more than he needs to know. Yeah, this one contains a not safe for work warning. Mm. Just keep sending the pictures. Oh. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. Okay. Says Darren in, a, in the least pervy voice he's got. <laughs> I, I won't tell anyone. <laughs> Oh, oh God! God. You guys well, listeners, so if 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 you've enjoyed our conversation tonight, <laughs> I can oh, understand please. if if most of you aren't still listening. Please join us next week for our review of. Uh, is it called Can You Hear Me? Pardon. I believe it's called Can You Hear Me. Pardon. Next week's okay. episode. Commercial. We have actually had the episode title. Yeah, I'm going to keep saying pardon until you get the fucking joke. I know. It's, it's like, come on, guys. It's like, I'm a deaf education major. Excuse me? I'm a deaf education <laughs> Oh, yeah, great. Thanks. Huh? <laughs> I don't know what it's called, honestly. Oh, next week's the one set in Aleppo, isn't it? In Syria. In 1360. Right, here we go. <clears throat> we have got the next four episode titles are... Can you hear me? Pardon? Okay. Can you hear me? <laughs> yep. Okay. Word again. Comma, mother. It's a it's a story about George Formby. George Formby. Yeah. Can you hear me, mother? Wait, George ah. Foreman and his grill? What? No. no? Wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong, George. So, uh, written by Charlene James and Chris Chibnall. This one. Chibnall's co-written a lot in this episode, uh, in this series. Uh, in this series. Yeah, he obviously he co-wrote this one and he co-wrote Fugitive of the Jadoon. I suspect the co-writing credit that he's got from Fugitive of the Jadoon is the Jack stuff. Mm-hmm. Because mm. the Jack stuff is basically exposition setting up stuff that's to come later on in the season. That strikes right. me as the kind of thing that a showrunner is going to insert leaving the the bulk of the episode down to the other writer. So I think Vinay Patel has fundamentally written most of the stuff regarding the other Doctor and the the Jadoon and that whole side of the storyline. And I reckon Chris Chibnall has written the Jack stuff. That's that's uh, that's just based on what seems to make sense in my head. Praxius obviously was written by both of by both Pete McTye and um old Chimbles. Mm-hmm. So um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. By the way, that kiss was awesome. Just want to get that out there. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. Lance. Maybe they've um, they've both they've both taken a writing credit on this one so that nobody is is found wholly accountable. Oh, it was it was sweet. <laughs> it was it was right. a very sweet sweet story for around Valentine's Day too. Because I was thinking about that as I was listening. It's really a sweet story for around Valentine's Day with the love. The the I don't have the emotion. I have. Uh, and uh, yeah. how long have you been asleep? For a hell of a long time. I told well, you. Well, I, I think for two weeks. If if Sue's thinking that this story is coming around Valentine's Day when it's two weeks, <laughs> two weeks ago, two weeks time. Ah, uh, but see, you, you got to realize I'm I'm doing <laughs> Valentine's is a week from today. Yeah, it's a week from today, so it's kind of sweet that for everybody who can't read a damn calendar. 
But it's kind of, for me, it starts in the beginning of February. And so it was kind of a sweet thing that this is around Valentine's time that this whole deal with the love and the kiss and all oh, that kiss was sexy as hell. But anyway, the love and the kiss and all that it was cute. Okay, I'll shut up. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sue goes back to sleep. So uh, can you hear me next week? Then episode seven, Charlene James and Chris Chinball writing it. Then we've got The Haunting of Villa Diodati. Ooh, that sounds good. That sounds like um, like a historical to me. I hope it's a good proper ghost story. And then that's Max. That's Maxine Alderton written that one again, directed by Emma Sullivan, who's directing next week's as well. The last two episodes of the season, written by Chinballs and directed by Jamie Magnus Stone, who directed this one, and also <coughs> the uh, the first episode of Spyfall as well so he's done well that bodes well because although this episode wasn't a, an absolute banger it was beautifully directed and yes. so was and Spyfall yes. was yeah yeah he seems to be he seems to be doing quite a good job does old uh, Jamie Magnastone but the last yeah. two episodes are called Ascension of the Cybermen and the Timeless Children so Ooh. that implies that we're, we're definitely we're obviously we're getting the lone Cybermen thing coming up and the fact that it's mm-hmm. Cybermen and we've seen different Cybermen in the trailer so the lone Cybermen is not going to be the only Cyberman that's for damn sure um, and the Timeless Children well who knows what that actually means whether that ties into Gallifrey whether that ties into the Cybermen whether that just ties into the Doctor I don't know but we're going to get some answers from the trailer, it looks aside from the absolutely classic-looking Cybermen blended with uh, the new style Cybermen. There's that sort of yeah. one Cyberman, and you can sort of see a human face under it. So you've got some probably body horror coming Ooh, up as have well. We? Oh, looks, I didn't yeah. that. It just—it yeah. looked like it's a very battered, you know, rusted-looking Cyberman. Clearly, one of the new ones. Uh, that is what I'm assuming, as we've seen just this one Cyberman like that. That I'm assuming is the lone Cyberman. So, Darren, are you referring to the... It wasn't the trailer that I saw on Facebook that was the longer trailer. This was more of a very quick trailer with a lot of flashing, so I had to keep putting my hand over over the thing, but it was like a human face when the, the metal came over top and sealed. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, this one was, this one was probably about a minute and a half minute 40 something like that okay that was probably the one I saw that was oh sounds like there's another trailer then that I haven't seen that was probably the one that was that I saw the second one I saw the first one was I could not watch it because it was cut 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 yeah and they well, which let's between. be honest when you when you've got a trailer is pretty much what you would expect to see cut 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 and this one that I that I've seen is um were you surprised by this and then showing the master and then showing jack coming back and mm-hmm. then showing the reveal of the yeah, TARDIS. Yeah, that's, 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 the, that's the one that I saw. And then the Doctor, yeah. and then, then Gallifrey, uh, and then and the Jadoon, and then it's, well, keep watching because this is to come mm-hmm. kind of thing. No, I and haven't then, seen that one. I've seen that one either. Yeah. You know, then showing the uh, the Cybermen. And, and it was very short. It was only 25, 30 seconds, possibly, maximum. No, I thought it, yeah. I thought it was longer than that. It may have been. It may have just seemed like it was. Uh, it was short because it, 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 it you know, was so, so so many short things one after the other. Um, but or maybe there are more than there's more than one trailer going around. Possible, or it might. Have, I, uh, what I what I saw might have been even better fan made trailer. So who knows? 
possibly. There's so much stuff floating on Twitter, it's difficult to say anymore. One thing we can say for certain is that there's um, there's a lot to be interested and excited about, and mm-hmm. some of that stuff is coming. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's coming for me. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's coming well, for Well, no, me. no, that was Randy that was coming for you to wake you up. That's what, well, <laughs> okay, so, listeners, I just need to let you know, that's part of the disability that I have. Sorry about that, guys. So if I just happen to... There it is. It happens. Sorry. Do you know that, that 20 minutes ago we started doing our scores? <laughs> which was the which was supposed to be the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. So apologies for this dragging on the thing. We will cut this we'll, we'll, we will end this now so that so that you can get on with your lives and thank thank god that's over. Uh, and hopefully you will join us next week for our review of Can You Hear Me? Darren? Mm-hmm. Pardon? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so until uh, I'll then, I try to be awake. So until then, it's goodbye from me. And me. Mm. And me. And him. And her. And Benny. And <laughs> Benny! <laughs> Benny! Who's been found? <laughs> you see, we all knew Benny's name. We we didn't struggle mm-hmm. with remembering Benny's name, did we? It's a bit difficult <laughs> not to. <laughs> that name is going to go on and in Benny! Anybody gets mm-hmm. upset? Oh, Benny! <laughs> Good night, listeners. Good night. Good night. Bye. So, there we have it, listeners. That was our somewhat muted review of uh, of Praxius. Will we feel better about Can You Hear Me? Well, you've got to hear us to do that, and that's what you'll have to do next week. So, hopefully see you then. Cheers. (laughs) Bye-bye. song for you sue it's very short so i'm just gonna play it over my audio (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you've got to send that to me You've got to send. You've got to send it to me because I'm gonna use it as my fucking ringtone. <laughs> Darren, I didn't know you were musical. No, I didn't write that. <laughs> well, the other challenge I was gonna ask Darren if he could improve upon it with some of the wonderful British swears he comes up with. Oh, oh my go. god. <laughs> Yeah, if you would just say a few, like, you know, shit given stuff, we need to because whenever you're ready, and even when you're. Oh my god! First thing I tell you, though. I got. Okay, 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 I'll tell you at the end. What? Um, Sue, so, Sue, so, so, uh, can you take any calming medicine or something? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I've been drinking Diet Coke, like, nonstop, so. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm, ready. Diet- I'm ready to be calm. Diet Coke mixed with caffeine, mixed with... Mm-hmm. You know, it would be wonderful if Randy would have just let loose on a couple swear words and it'd be like, oh, it's not just Sue. Sue's not the... 
the only one that does that. <laughs> I'm looking in the opposite direction because our neighbor just walked out and was like, <laughs> why is she in the damn car again? I'm sitting outside in the car. <laughs> I can just imagine people people walking sitting by. In, and Sitting in the car having an animated conversation with an invisible person. Yeah. Sue, Sue sitting in a car, bouncing off the walls and swearing her head off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. I know, and just waving my arms around and they're thinking, What the hell is she doing? Is she obviously Randy has banished her to the car because she has mm-hmm. lost her flipping mind. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right, okay. Are we ready? Yes. Let's, I am. Let's crack sure. on then. What the fuck are we reviewing? Um <laughs> Praxius. Praxius. <laughs> Praxius. Oh Prax yeah. Yeah, I remember it. I did think, by the way, um, that let's face it, Kerry hadn't seen a lot of the old stuff. You know, her first her first time ever seeing the Ark in space was when she improved it with us. Can you believe? (laughs) So to her, the Ark in space is a story about giant turds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. That's good. You know, one of the all-time classics, and to her, it's living poo. Yeah. So there we go. Amazing. That was a bit of a struggle, wasn't it? I mean, I know we've talked for an hour and a half, but mm-hmm. that was that was a bit of a struggle actually finding things to say about the episode. Most of what we've talked about is outside of the yeah. episode. And me sleeping. Thank you very much. So how bad was it? Was I snoring? No. No. Yeah, no. We, no. I, I, I came I came out. I came to you for your score and you didn't say anything. And then we didn't know if you'd been abducted by aliens or if you'd knocked the handbrake off and the car had disappeared somewhere down the street. And You so. do the same as I do. You just conk out randomly, I'm guessing. Yes. It's not to the, to the narcolepsy scary point where you're just driving and boop, out you go. Nothing like that. No. But if I'm sitting for periods of time and either watching TV, talking, whatever, and sitting for a while, all of a sudden they'll be head forward. And it depends on what's happened. Randy's actually been with me and been like hello hello you there uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm exactly the same only mine tends to occur late uh, earlier in the well it is earlier in the evening for you so you wanted to make sure you were all right about anything else well it's all right mm-hmm. as you know you normally are anyway i wanted to yeah, throw co- cats at you oh <laughs> thank you I said, and i said randy can't throw cats he's allergic to them yeah i can't breathe I, I, I wondered if he could have thrown something harmless at you, and then Darren suggested a cat, which obviously for Randy wouldn't have been harmless. So. <laughs> well, uh, no, and see, I was because I was in the car, the car had shut off, everything had shut off, and the only thing that Randy would have been able to see is if he would have come to the door and, and kind of tapped on the window, because I was curled over and onto the, kind of onto the, the car itself and halfway between the steering wheel and the window. And so I was down, and nobody would have seen, you wouldn't have seen me. So what you're basically saying is you were plugged into the car, the car shut down, and then so did you. <laughs> See, I'm a damn Cyberman. What can I say? Just I was you. gonna say, and you be on your that own. That sounds suspiciously <laughs> cybernetic. We're no cybernetic. longer. We're just bullshitting. I wonder if the Lone Cyberman's anything like the Lone Ranger. If you'd like to get involved with Doctor Who's line is in any way. There's many different ways that you can do so. Obviously, we're always looking for cast members. So if you just fancy having a go, having a go at a bit of improv, the more people we can get involved, the better the chance of actually recording something. 
and therefore producing new episodes for you to listen to. Uh, so you can reach us through Twitter, through Facebook, any one of us you can speak to, myself, Kat, Suki, Robin, Sue, any one of us. Just let, let us know that you're interested and we'll get you in, on board and you can have a go. You can also, if you like, try your hand a bit of editing. My new job is taking up a lot of my time and therefore I'm not getting much of an opportunity to do much editing and I can't do much at the moment anyway because all the files are in the ether. But if we produce new stuff, it would be nice if somebody else would like to have a go at that. So you can do that. Obviously, if you fancy producing sound effects, music, ideas for plots, ideas for uh, characters, anything like that, We'd be more than grateful to receive them and we'll instigate anything that we can for you. And of course, it always helps to boost our, our ratings, boost our public profile, if we can get likes and comments on things like iTunes. So if you've listened to the podcast and you like what you hear, just stick a few stars on it for us. Just write a little review. It would be very much appreciated. And if it gets us out there... More people hear us, more people might be interested in joining in. We might get more cast as a result of that. It keeps the podcast going. So any assistance you can give us in that direction would be very much appreciated. And as mentioned previously, we will be back in a couple of weeks with our next episode. So until then, cheerio. From all of us here on BBC One, a very good night. Good night.